certainly have fears that there is a serial killer at loose in Perth. Sarah Spears, Jane Rimmer, Kira Glennon. And every time you saw a young girl walking by, you think, oh God, is she going to be the next victim? Now, one man stands accused. If police are right and Edwards is the Claremont serial killer, he's been hiding in plain sight for 20 years. 24 years ago, on this date, 18-year-old Sarah Spears went missing and the Claremont serial killer began his reign of terror. I can't see any reason why she wouldn't be with us if she could be with us. There must be something more to it. Welcome to week eight of Claremont in Conversation. Natalie Bongiolo in the studio with Tim Clark and Alison Fan. And today is the Australia Day public holiday, so court isn't sitting. And for most people, this is a time of celebration. You know, we have barbecues, we have fireworks. But for the Spears family, this is really a tragic anniversary. Yeah, and that, I mean, this is, this, is what, this is a day of absolute joy and freedom for most Australians. Uh, everyone gets the day off. It's usually spent um, around a barbecue, around a pool, at a beach with each other's friends and family and uh, a celebration of of the lucky country. Uh, But obviously for one family, the Spears family in Perth, um, this day is the exact opposite of of everything um, that the rest of the country is celebrating because this is the day that, that Sarah went out to do exactly that, to celebrate with her friends, to enjoy the freedom that we all enjoy in Australia and in Perth, but uh, but obviously never came home. A tragic reminder for the Spears family, and ironically, it's a time that I actually remember more vividly than the disappearance of the other two girls because we were so intensely involved in it. Uh, the poli- We were more involved probably than the police who I know they get missing girl reports all the time and they probably just treated it that for the first few days but because the family was so proactive in canvassing everybody, putting posters out on uh, around the shops and everybody and contacting us, uh, that I think it was probably more memorable because of the intensiveness of the whole thing. And it was just so um, ghastly because we just didn't know what happened. That's right. At this stage, it was an absolute, complete mystery. This is um, some audio we have of Sarah's sister, Amanda, speaking to the press in the days following her sister's disappearance. She likes her job. Everyone at work loves her. Um, all her friends love her. All my friends love her. She seems perfectly happy. Uh, I guess, you know, what this really told the public at the time is that this is out of character. I think that was really the feeling that we got from from what the family was saying. Absolutely. Um, Don Spears and Carol, his wife, um, were absolutely emphatic. This was not someone who just took off with her boyfriend and he disappeared for the weekend and was going to turn up the next day. And I think that that's what got the media involved and we went along with this and kept it up and of course um, it wasn't really until the other girls bodies were found that the police then probably uh, took more notice Uh, but this continued this search weekend after weekend because of the Spears family they kept insisting no she's just hasn't gone away she's not gone overseas or like sometimes they do, they turn up a week later. So that's what um, got us involved. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that responsibility, I suppose, for such a, a young woman. Sarah was only eighteen, um, but the family, as Ali said, were always 
insistent that yes she's 18 yes she's young but this is not sarah this this just is not her she she been at Iona Presentation College. She she left home, got a job straight away. She was living with her sister. They were very very close. Um, she, uh, yes, she had friends and she in, in, enjoyed. She was enjoying the, the 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 fruits of her late teenagehood, I suppose. But but it, it was it was always the case and always known by the family that Sarah wouldn't just go missing and. Uh, and um, with everything that we've heard during the trial, um, that w- that was uh, emphasised by her friends, and and obviously we've heard uh, some statements from her family as well, which which that was exactly the point. We knew she'd gone missing. We knew, she, she, and and something bad had happened. What more um, can you tell us about Sarah, the person? You know where she worked, where she lived, um, what her hobbies were, perhaps. You know where she grew up, even. A very typical teenage girl, and from all account of her friends too, um, quite reserved, quite conservative, uh, not one that was sort of like was out all night type of thing. Uh, A lot of friends, and she'd come from the country, and that's why she was close to her sister, because her parents were from the country, her father was a shearer, and um, this is why her disappearance stood out, right, from any other missing person. Yeah, as Ali mentioned, the the, the Spears family are a, a, a bit of a bit of a legend down in Darken, which is a which is which is a farming country in Western Australia, and, and, and Don was a, and still is in part a, a shearer down there, a sheep shearer down there, and, and has has won titles and and, and has, has won awards for his uh, his prowess with the, with the shears. Um, but they obviously they wanted the best for for both their daughters, and so Sarah came up from the country to attend a quite a prestigious um, school in Perth, where where she she did really well, and, and and so well in fact that basically straight out of school, she um, she got a job, um, or she she went to secretarial school and then got a receptionist job at an engineering um, firm in in. in in Subiaco, which is uh, which is another uh, very nice and, and wealthy part of, of Perth, so she she was, I mean, what you describe as an ideal daughter, I suppose. She she loved her family. She was very affectionate. Don often spoke about the way that she, they, they, their bond that she used to hug him and, and and kiss him every time she'd come in and and make him a cup of tea. And it it, it, it sounded like nothing was too much trouble when it came to. Uh, her family for Sarah and that was emphasised of course when she moved in and shared her first flat with her sister in, in Perth and they were extremely close as well so it's it's one of those stories that, that we so often hear of, of, a, of, of just a normal loving close um, family that worked hard and, worked and wanted the best for their for their children and then something completely random and completely awful um, just swoops in and, 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 and basically tears it apart. Yeah, and just what you're describing there, Tim, um, you know, we do know that she was incredibly close to her family and we actually, again, have another news clip which really does show that. Sarah Spears hasn't been seen by her family since Sister Amanda dropped her at Club Bay View just after midnight Friday. She was happy, um, gave me a hug, kiss, goodbye, thanks for dropping us off. Last time I saw her. And it's, you know, just heartbreaking to think um, 
for her sister at that moment, you know, to remember that hug and that kiss and and just, you know, I find it really upsetting when I hear her family speaking back from back then. Well, of course, it, during the trial, that's brought back memories again because that was replayed over and over. A hug and a kiss the last time the sisters saw each other down the OBH. One wanted to go somewhere, the other wanted to go to the other to Claremont and just a normal bye, you know, and then never to see them again. And they, she was expected at a family function, I think, the very next day, and that's what uh, brought the attention to us, that they said she never, ever misses a family function. Yeah. And we'd heard in court, um, you've heard from the witnesses who have recounted that last night on Saturday, the 26th of January in 1996. Can you maybe just go back and talk us through some of the evidence um, that we heard of the people that were with Sarah and the last people to see Sarah? Yes, yeah, so um, as I said at the top, it was it was Australia Day and so the plan was to uh, to go out, have some drinks, um, go and, uh, maybe crash at a mate's place that night and then the following day uh, go and see the fireworks. And uh, that's the, that was the plan uh, for hundreds of possibly thousands of teenagers that weekend and, and has been for every January 26th since. Um, but so, and, and then Sarah's night proceeded um, on that basis um, until it was it was time to leave Ali and, uh, and it, something went horribly wrong. Yeah, and well, we know, of course, from what you've heard um from witnesses who lived in the suburb of Mosman Park, which is not that far from Claremont, they heard things uh, that morning, the early hours on the 27th, um, which was really quite disturbing. Oh, horrible. Um, that To hear that recounted um, must be horrific for the family. But the suburb of Mosman Park, as we've talked about before, Riverside suburb, was where she was actually heading back to because she had originally told um, a friend's mother that she might crash there that night because um, Sarah lived on the other side of the river. And Mosman Park featured quite heavily in, in a number of the witnesses because that's where she was planning to catch the taxi back to. But of course, we, didn't, we don't know what happened after that. Well, I mean, the one thing we do know, Ali, which it, for me is still one of the most chilling parts of the trial is that she did make that phone call from mm. a phone box on the corner of, uh, of Bayview Terrace to get that, to order that taxi, being the responsible um, teenager that she was. Um, and she made that call. And obviously, on the very first day of the trial, we, we, heard, we heard Sarah's voice um, a little bit crackly, um, but very distinctive in making that call to order that taxi um, and then all the evidence that followed, the taxi driver had, had got that um, order through the HQ. It took him less than five minutes to get to that spot where um, Sarah said she wanted to be picked up from, and she wasn't there. Um, and then we also know that there are there is the evidence of these screams um, in Mosman Park, which was close to another phone box and also close to where she she was maybe planning to, uh, to to spend the night. So what happened in between there and then obviously what happened after those screams were heard is all part of this trial process. And we know police really had at this stage absolutely no idea what had happened to this young woman and we just have a clip from an officer back at the time. 
Uh, I must uh, admit that as the hours go by, I get more and more concerned, yes. Sarah must have walked at least 300 metres, probably along St Quentin's Avenue and down Stirling Road. The phone booth is in full view of one of Perth's busiest intersections, Christchurch Grammar School directly opposite, the body club on another corner, shops and flats right behind. A note taped to the booth tells users that Sarah made that call at 10 minutes past two. So that's Alison Fan back there uh, 24 years ago um, in that news report. And Ali, do you know, can you recall the intensity and the desperateness of the search at that time? Absolutely. In fact, the whole uh, Seven News team were involved. We were uh, down there telecasting, broadcasting from Claremont, the area um, where she disappeared from. And it was a very unusual, um, I guess, coverage because we were certain there was something sinister had happened and um, we were following the uh, lead from the family as well and trying to get somebody who might have known something. Uh, The Spears family, especially Don, was very anxious that we don't let it fade away because he thought if it's in the public eye, someone might know something, somebody might come forward with some information. Uh, So we were even uh, with Susanna Carr um, broadcasting from Claremont, the area, most nights. Yeah, and I think um, the community absolutely did rally around the search for Sarah and this is another piece of audio from a news report that you filed back then. On walls, at intersections, in shop windows, the pretty face of Sarah Spears gazes out from hundreds of homemade posters at anybody who might have a clue to where she is. Was there a reward offered at that time or later for Sarah? I don't believe so, not at that stage. Um, And I think a serial killer being involved was the last thing anybody thought of at that time, especially by police. They don't like to connect or use the word serial killer until they've got firm evidence, which they didn't have for another year or two. Um, So it was still a very, very big mystery, but the but with the Spears family pushing us and asking and and of course we had people trying to help with trying to solve things. There was a lot of interest in the case because it was so unusual, and because the family was so insistent that something horrible had happened to their their daughter and their sister that they kept the hunt on, and of course we followed it through. And I think we could really sense, I mean, um, you know, quite often when something as terrible as this happens, families don't often want to speak to the media, but in this case... They did. They did. Yes, because they just wanted any information, anybody who had seen her, anybody who had had anything to come forward. And so we did do news reports most nights for a long time. So let's have a little listen now. This is Don Spears um, in the weeks and months after the disappearance of his daughter. If anyone knows where Sarah is or what's happened to Sarah, just put us out of this pain. No wiser than we were the day she went missing. And we just hope that the right person will come forward and just take the worry off our shoulders and at least let us know what's going on. Several Perth companies have donated billboards and posters, hoping someone will come forward. And at the top of that clip, that was um, Sarah's mother, Mm. Carol. This case has never really gone away since Sarah's disappearance. I mean, there's always been the interest, 
both obviously um, the criminal element of it, the the, 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 the the search for her by police, but also the, the feeling of that personal connection that, that so many people have. Um, and, and this wasn't an ordinary case even back then. This wasn't just a missing persons case, as, as, as those clips very ably demonstrate. And, and the Spears family just wouldn't allow it to, to, to go away from the public consciousness, so it didn't. And then, obviously, as we know, just a few months later, when Jane went missing, um, it, the, the intensity doubled. Um, and then, as we've heard so much about, then when Jane's body was discovered, um, it, it, it ratcheted up even more, and it really hasn't gone away since then. Now, as we discussed during the podcast, there were years would pass when there wouldn't be any new information, and we now know that that was uh, at times a tactic by the investigators. But they never stopped because we know that DNA and and hair and fibres and were just flying all over the over the world to to try and get the breakthrough. So there were gaps in, in the in the timeline in, in terms of new information, but there was never a time that it wasn't uh, the, the a case that was super hugely important to the to the police in Perth and and to the people of Perth. And the Spears family too, over the years, became more withdrawn, and actually, um, as opposed to the earlier years, said that. Their agony has never gone away because every time someone found some bones or remains, they were the first family that we contacted. And he said, "What we can't every time we you we show the photographs because they think it's Sarah. Even when they found Jane Rimmer, I think one of the uh, policewomen said she wasn't sure that Sarah Spears wasn't Sarah Spears, or that Sarah Spears might be found somewhere close by. And he said that agony is repeated every time." someone's found or remains of someone's found and so they the Spears family did become more and more withdrawn and I guess just lost hope yeah and And I think I mean reading interviews with Don over the years the toll of uh, not only the disappearance and the grief of that but the toll that was taken on him and his family by people maybe not qualified to do that Try, uh, providing hope, whether it be clairvoyance or or psychics. I mean, Don quite uh, you know, graphically described in one interview with one of uh, a former colleague of mine in the West Australian, um, saying that someone burst into his house and, and, and insisted that he knew where his daughter was. Um, mm. and, and Don said he uh, he'd spent years. Basically, chasing these this hope, these 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 slivers of information that people claim to have had, and at the end, it really took his it took a toll on him personally and health wise, and, and also on on the family, and and also now this process must be uh, also um, taking its toll. That's right, and Tim, exactly what you're saying there. We have a, a piece of audio which really does um, go to exactly what you're saying. The widespread rumours sweeping Perth this week via email name a location described by psychics where Sarah is buried. I say to a potential clairvoyant or an alleged clairvoyant, if you think you've got something to present, go and explore it yourself. 
don't bother the don't bother the police don't bother the families they took a very high toll on my health um, because they give you cryptic clues all the time I mean they had me out till midnight slashing through swamps and you know just tearing my hair out and they also put you on such an emotional roller coaster that you your emotions are high and, and you're thinking oh maybe there's a chance and then all of a sudden you're down back to where you started from but you're physically exhausted as well I don't know where Sarah is and I'd very much like to know where Sarah is. I haven't given up hope on finding her body, no. And of course, um, they were calling the media all the time because we were putting out calls for help. And the so-called psychics or clairvoyants, they were absolutely phoning all the night. And, and they, we'd say, oh, you know, it's just another crank. And then you'd go home and think, well, maybe it's not. So we'd go out because they'd give us exact locations. And... Um, I'd go out with the family and I remember going out with Don and tromping through stormwater drains in these remote areas. And and after after doing that a few times, it, it was taking its toll, but you just, they were so convincing. And you, you'd go away thinking, well, this is another, another call. And you think, but what if, what if, what if? Uh, I remember one time the police using cadets to drain a, a swamp area or a lake because this clairvoyant was giving them exact locations and directions and you just never knew what was what to do. Yeah, that's exactly right. And this whole idea that, mm. you know, you thought, well, what if? And you can only imagine that the family is thinking that as well. Well, you know, what if someone well, has desperate. got it right? And desperate, desperate for anything, yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, they must have been led on so many wild goose chases that it's unbelievable. Um, as we know, of course, you know, Sarah's body has never been found. And it is of massive speculation. People speculate that she's in the east and she's in the south and equidistance here. And, I mean, you would have heard all sorts of theories, Ali. Well, what they have uh, discounted is that she has, in fact, gone missing because during this trial we heard evidence that they had checked every airport and every, uh, uh, you know, exit point from the from Australia to show that she hadn't, to rule that out completely. She's not, you know, gone away that her phone, nothing had been touched. So that was one of the things that came out in the trial, how um, intensive the police had checked that she was hadn't just gone away. Which is what the family had said from, 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 stage from the, one. basically mm. day one mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, during most murder trials where there isn't a body, that evidence is, is, is presented, um, stuff around use of bank accounts and bank cards and, and, that, and, and those type of things to basically prove that there has there is no um, there, there is no miraculous mystery disappearance, um, and I think it's 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 well accepted now that that Sarah um, Sarah is gone and mm -hmm. she's uh, and she's she's not coming back, um, and the, the the question now is um, whether they can prove um, who has done that. That's right, and you know, twenty four years later, we're none the wiser. Um, you know, every now and again. It would keep popping up, as Alison said, and people would start to refocus on the case. But again, there would be no answers. We just have another clip from this one is from uh, four years ago. It's been 20 years since Paul Ferguson held aloft a missing person poster of Sarah Spears. At the time, there was no way of knowing it was the beginning of the biggest criminal investigation the state had ever seen. Sarah's disappearance is still unsolved. So now, of course, we come to this point where we are right now. Um, all these years later, Bradley Edwards stands accused, um, charges he denies in what is now become known as 
the trial of the century. So thanks for joining us for this uh, bonus episode of Claremont in Conversation. Ali and Tim, thank you for your time. You'll be both back in Supreme Court tomorrow and we hope that you can join us then for day 33 of Claremont in Conversation. This podcast was produced by Kate Ryan and Alicia Preedy and recorded in the studios of Seven West Media. Audio files were provided from the archives of the Seven Network and the West Australian. Sign up for daily emails and all the latest on the Claremont trial at thewest.com.au.